welcome to Tribcast, the flagship podcast for the Lacrosse Tribune. I'm digital news editor Scott Rada, joined by city government reporter Jordan Vian. Hello, everybody. And our special guest today is Jay Odegaard. He uh, runs the city's lacrosse's parks department, and you, you're pretty new in this position. Yeah, it's been about a week here now since I officially took over. But, but you're not new to lacrosse parks. Nope, I've uh, been working in the department for quite a long time. I'm just going to note that his full title is Director of Parks, Recreation, Forestry, and Building and Grounds. Wow. <laughs> well, I have a lot, we'll, we'll spend the last half the last half talking about all sorts of tree care questions. <laughs> but forestry and that's a lot that's a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot to do, but obviously parks are important to uh, people and and right now, you know, as we've reported today and we'll continue to report all week, uh, the Mississippi River just won't go down. And um, we, we hope that uh, in a couple of weeks from now, we won't be talking about flooding, but right now we are. Can you tell us a little bit about how that's affecting parks? You know, the two that come to mind for me are certainly Riverside, which is affected a little, and, well, Pettibone, which is affected a lot. Yeah, uh, Copeland and West Copeland are also affected quite a bit. Um, you know, the length of time is what's a big concern for us. The, these parks generally go underwater, uh, for a, a shorter period of time every year, but with the length of time that this has been up, we're, we're going to have some real concerns. It also really affects uh, the marinas that we have and um, not allowing people to get their boats into the slips that they've paid for. Um, and then, you know, just the damage to the docking facilities that this high water does. Like Pettibone, which, you know, is, I think, accurately to say, mostly underwater right now. Yeah, you could take a boat all the way through it. And you know, once the water does recede, your, your crews are going to have to go in there and, and, and do some cleanup, I would imagine. Yeah, a lot of mud, a lot of stick, you know, debris like that will need to be picked up. And then, you know, we shut off all the utilities to the park over the flooding time. So then we'll have to come back in and make sure that those are all back up and in safe working order. So on behalf of my boyfriend, I have to ask, uh, what is the dis- what is the impact to the disc golf course at Pettybone? Well, you know, the, the uh, tee-off concrete slabs will be a mess. Hopefully none of them have shifted. The baskets, all depends on how much debris they catch and whether or not they're still intact. But, you know, we, we're fortunate that, like many other groups, the disc golfing group comes out and really does a lot of volunteering to help clean that stuff up so they can get back to playing. We were talking shortly before the show that lacrosse has more than 50 parks, and I suppose you're not supposed to have a favorite, but I, you know, the one that I think many people's favorite is Riverside, and that's, you know, I would think one of the most uh, visible and probably well-attended parks with a number of festivals all year long. But there's a lot going to be going on there over the next six months. Maybe you could tell folks some uh, plans about the band shell and then a, a, a big utility project that's coming up. Yeah, right now there's just a ton going on in the park with the band stand project here set to complete in June. Um, you know, there's a bunch of utility work going on. Excel Energy is getting ready this fall to do a big utility project there as well. Um, we're set to break ground here in the next week or so on redoing the Heschler Fountain in Riverside Park and we're hopefully going to finish it all up with the uh, band shell roof covering 
um, this fall and have everything completed for a grand opening at the last Moon Tunes concert. So we're just asking people bear with us this summer as, you know, it's going to be a lot of uh, work going on down there. But just so people are clear, you mentioned the the, the bandstand is planning to be done uh, for the final Moon Tunes concert, but you'll, they'll still be able to use that facility uh, throughout the summer, is that correct? Um, not right. What we're looking at is that facility will be opened up toward the end of June. Okay. Um, and then after Riverfest, we'll shut it back down. And at that time, we're going to install the, the roof covering. But we are um, working with the rotary lights, and we're building a temporary stage that will be on the north end of the park that will suit you know, the user's needs, the concert band, moon tunes, and all, all that while the other one is closed down. And then uh, all that lumber is going to be donated to Habitat for Humanity. So um, we're going to make the best of it, you know. But in the end, I think it's going to be a benefit to everybody. And the fountain, the, the timetable for that is? Uh, we're, we're hoping to have it complete early June. Okay, terrific. Um, I also know that you're planning uh, sort of some early stages at Myrick Park. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what uh, folks should expect there? Because, again, that's one of the, I would imagine, one of the most popular parks in the city. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it really, we really were blessed to have a community build project kind of spearheaded by the Lacrosse Rotary Club back in 94, I believe it was, to create Kids Cooley. And so... I think as we move forward, we need to address the concerns, the safety hazards that Kids Cooley's offering right now. But while at the same time, we don't want to lose that history and really kind of try to follow in those footsteps, um, which obviously is going to take some planning. So, you know, we're really looking at planning for that park here in 2020 and construction in 2021. Uh, you know, you, we mentioned there's, you know, people can list off places like Riverside and, and Myrick and some of the, you know, marquee parks the city has, but the city is dotted with community parks as well. Um, one of those we've written about a little bit over the past few months is Wittenberg Park, which for those who don't know is the very tip top of the city up uh, kind of where I-90 brushes the north tip of the north side. There's been some talk about... Uh, this isn't really a word, but de-parking it or turning it from a park into something else. Um, what kind of feedback have you had about that? And, and what is the, sort of the, what's the city's plan moving forward on that? Well, you know, we took it to the Board of Park Commissioners where people had the opportunity to come. And really, we just got approval there to list this as um, surplus property. You know, and at that time, um, really, we're kind of partnering and working with the planning department to see if a developer will want to come in and take a look at this um, to do some type of development. Really, one of the things that we are always kind of watching and, and keeping in mind is the upkeep maintenance costs on these parks. And with so many parks, we really kind of reach a spot where you know, how, how do we cover all of that with the operating budget that we have? And a park like Wittenberg that hasn't, as of recent, been utilized all that much that could maybe offer 
um, you know, a created tax base for the city while at the same time we have taken and made improvements to Badger Hickey Park, which is very close proximity. Um, it's kind of a win-win, I think, all around for the city. We are recording this on a sunny Tuesday where people can't help think about even summer right now. And, of course, once summer hits, that means you're all ready to manage three municipal pools, well, at least two. Um, what's the status of the third one with the Memorial Pool? Actually, I walked past there a couple of days ago, and they're making some real good progress. What's the timetable on that project as it stands? Well, we've had, we have had some setbacks. Uh, this winter was a very difficult winter to build in. Um, but, you know, the contractors have been doing great. The engineers have been figuring out every which way they can. Um, you know, we still have every intention of opening this pool in the operating season of 2019. Is it going to be uh, coinciding the timetable with the Northside and Erickson pool? No, um, it is going to be, you know, push back. We don't have a, a real deadline on that yet. A lot of things that are still up in the air as far as cure time on concrete, a lot of weather dependent things. But um, we have every intention of opening that here in 19 and and we look forward to people using the new pool. Is it safe to assume there'll be a grand opening party? Yeah, we'll have some type of grand opening. And, uh, you know, we, ha we have a real um, solid neighborhood group over there that has really kind of taken the champion role in, in getting this pool built. And, you know, so we're very fortunate that way. And, and I'm sure they have some great ideas for a grand opening. There are two, and you can kind of update me where we're at in the process here, but there are two sort of uh, key policy changes that are making their way through the process right now. Uh, one with a change in lifeguards at the beaches, and secondly, um, a proposed ban on smoking citywide at parks. Where are both of those uh, at right now? Well, the uh, removal of lifeguards at the city beaches has been approved by the park board, and so we've actually started to implement that. Um, we've had a couple public input sessions. We have another one coming up here on April 29th. Um, we're, we're ordering the signage now. Um, really kind of getting out in front of it with offering these added swim classes and at, at free of charge and really just doing the best to educate the public on the fact that there will not be lifeguards at the beach. And again, just so people are clear, the, the city beaches we're talking about are? Pettibone and Black River. So um, the other city beaches that didn't have guards before will remain to be unguarded as well. And then there's a, a move afoot to ban smoking at all parks, is that correct? Yep, and that was uh, approved by the Board of Park Commissioners, and I will be taking that to the council here next week um, to start you know, getting that ordinance approved and implemented uh, so that we can you know, take a look at enforcing this. And that's a big question that I've heard is how do you plan on enforcing it? And, you know, really, I think with a, a, a rule like this, it really kind of bolsters the community's ability to police it themselves. While at the same time, it does give law enforcement the opportunity to, you know, come in and, and write a ticket if that's something that needs to be done. But, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a big improvement for the city parks, um, you know, not only from an environmental 
and social standpoint, but also really from a labor reduction standpoint on, on staff and just the, the picking up of cigarette butts. And, of course, there's clearly some signing that would have to go in place just for the, the very few people who don't read our newspaper every day uh, to, in case they don't know or if they're from out of town, that to, to, be, there'll be clear signing on that as well? Yep, yep. Uh, all of our parks have signage with the ordinance number. And so I, I don't foresee any issues, um, you know, moving forward with it. Uh, but it is something that we will revisit after this year to see if it, you know, it's going to be an ongoing um, policy change or if we need to take a look at, you know, altering it somewhat. I promised we'd pivot toward trees, and now's that time. Um, you know, clearly your predecessor and, and your department for some time had been speaking and dealing with emerald ash borer and removal of trees affected by that. Are we pretty much done seeing a lot of that work uh, uh, being kind of wrapped up now? Yeah, we've really uh, kind of come to the end of the removal of the trees. Now, of course, we're still uh, probably uh, two to three years out for completion on stumping and replanting of those trees. But, you know, the council, the mayor uh, have all been very supportive and have a have allowed us to put together a, a pretty uh, extensive approach to getting this done as fast as possible. And, you know, so we're planting 300, 350 trees a year, and, and that's that's quite a few. So we're going to get there pretty soon. And I think, too, that when sort of the lesson we've all learned is uh, more diverse uh, crop, if you will, of trees is better so you don't have this massive problem if there's something hits the ash trees, you lose a thousand trees, you're, you're going to have a, a more diverse mix and hopefully avoid problems like this going forward? Yeah, we really kind of aim now to have less than 20% of any type of species out there. Um, it, it's, it's something that, you know, is a concern. Um, but one of the things that, that really we're it not under our jurisdiction but one of the things that i have a real concern with is the number of private ash trees that are in the community um, quite a few that are significant size and homeowners not getting those taken care of in a timely fashion and um, so that's that's going to be an issue that the city is going to have to take a look at moving forward because the danger is they could just at a moment's notice uh, collapse yeah, I mean, once once the tree has got the the bug, as I call it, and and it'll reach a point where all of a sudden it goes from looking to the average person as a healthy tree to literally one season later being completely dead, and that's where you get a lot of loss of limbs, and those obviously can land in places you don't want them to. Uh, we, Jordan mentioned earlier you also oversee recreation. Um, is it, if, if people are listening to this and thinking that there may be some summer programming that they want to get involved in or their family and children to get involved in, is there still time to sign up for programs? Yeah, um, there is. We've already had the all-city sign-up, but um, for the most part, maybe not specific um, sessions, but 
four, four different activities, but most of our activities have some type of opening in cert, the different sessions. So. And, and the best place for people to find out the availability of those? The best is to go on our city website you know, and, and, and check it out there. There's a lot of information. We also have the paper bro back brochures that people can pick up in our office or at the libraries. And your office is located? City Hall, first floor. So um, this is something, I'm going to talk about something completely different. Uh, you mentioned a few times that, you know, you, the Parks Department has a lot of community support for various projects. Um, what does it mean to you as the director to have all of these people in the community, you know, willing to volunteer their time and, you know, their hard work to, you know, help you be able to accomplish the things that you need to do? Oh, I, it's great. And to be honest with you, that's one of the main reasons why I have chose to kind of continue my career here in lacrosse is the fact that lacrosse going back over 100 years had a, put a parks and recreation as a real priority to this community. And I think we can only look back, you know, a short period of time to see that that kind of feeling and importance on Parks and Rec has continued on and you really see it just in the general community as well with the passion that they have for their parks and the recreational activities. Now you know what that is great um, at the same time that holds us in a high responsibility level to um, you know make sure that we're doing the best that that the people here deserve. So you know, it, it, it is really wonderful, and, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Well, we uh, thank you for spending some time. I'm sure you're uh, uh, busy your first week or two in the job, but we have, and I know this is important for you to get out and hear from people as well. If people want to share their input about where the Parks Department is headed, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, we have a recently created survey that's online at our website. It's also on our Facebook page. Um, and then uh, we are having a public input session up at Black River Beach Neighborhood Center on uh, Monday, the tw April 29th, and that's at 4 o'clock. And there we're just going to have all different um, staff members from our department available for people to come in and talk to, whether it's trees or swimming pools or what have you. We've also invited some of the other city departments um, that are going to be there with, you know, people just kind of coming in and being able to have that face-to-face -face conversation. And we'll also have paper surveys there that people can fill out and get back to us. And again, that's 4 p.m. Monday, April 29th at the Black River Beach Neighborhood Center, uh, right on Rose Street near the, the Perkins on the north side. Well, we, we thank you for joining us today, and uh, we hope it's uh, you have a great summer, because if you have a great summer, uh, that means uh, uh, we all have a great summer. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much.